Yes. I don't feel like I'm a man's man. I don't look in the mirror and see a man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's, yeah, that's being really honest. And I've mentioned this a few times. I don't look in the mirror and see a man's man. Welcome to episode 16 of season 2 of the Mental Roots podcast. So for those of you who are new, you're probably thinking, what is Mental Roots? Is Mental Roots just a podcast? No, it's a whole, what I call like media movement. Um, so Mental Roots is a brand that I'm building. My name is Nathan, by the way, Nathan the Day, podcaster, artist, animator, aw- may I say award-winning animator or award-nominated animator at least. I've got a BBC animation out called Mental Roots. The link to that is in the written description for this episode. So for me, Mental Roots is me combining all my creative talents, whether it's spoken word poetry, sound design, music, animation, of course, um, and obviously podcasting. Um, Using all of that to tell underrepresented stories of black men in regards to mental health. So as black men, we're telling our mental health stories. Growing up, what was it like for us? What are the different things we've internalized? What's the different trauma and stuff that we've experienced that has caused us to be where we're at with our mental health? Um, So that's what this is all about. I don't want to preach too much on that because I've got a whole intro video that you can hear um, to give you the background on why I'm doing this. But obviously, yeah, as I said, episode 16 of season two this is part two of my chat with a great guy who i consider to be a very rare uh example of a role model of a black man who is using rap poetry and creative expression to just normalize the conversation on mental health um and to raise awareness on it so that's what he is doing and we've had an we had an epic conversation in October I believe it must have been around 10th of October something like that in on 2021 so that's the day we recorded this just to give you the context on what you're about to hear if you haven't heard part one don't just pause and go and listen to part one because you need the context you know um, this everything in this chat was needed like we talk about culture we talk about role models and rap wholesome role models in rap may i add we talk about shocker's um, life story and in this particular part he starts to talk about the first time he got sectioned what does being sectioned mean we get into that in a bit but um basically being admitted into a mental health institution or hospital because of a manic depression that he had and shocker talks a bit more about what manic depression is a little bit he he doesn't go too deep into that but um, he talks a little bit about what led to that breakdown, that mental breakdown. Um, and from that, we talk more about life experiences. And as black men, how do we navigate um, hard experiences in life? You know, and the lack of a father figure in a home and various different things that we might deal with as black men. How do those different factors affect how we deal with hardship in life? So, you know, Shocker, his real name is Kenneth, by the way. Kenneth, let me say Kenneth, um, just so I talk about him, you know, in a, in a personal way. So Kenneth, um, aka Shocker, he talks more about how his 
break down what he learnt from that in terms of his development and this idea that everything happens for a reason. But also we talk about like there's not many people in his position who have experienced that and have come out better than they were when they went in to that mental health institution. So Shoka talks about how blessed he's been to kind of recover from that and now how he's trying to be a pioneer in the conversation on black mental health. And I I relate with, with him on that because it's like the hard thing about being black is we are always in a position where we have to be the first to do something. Um, whatever profession it is. And I talk about, you know, my profession as an animator and how, you know, being an authentic black voice within that industry, you know, it's, it's a bit challenging, especially for someone as young as I am as well. So, because I'm only 24, so it's like we get into that, you know, it's really looking at going through hardship as a black man and how we use our hardship to be um, an inspirational pioneer. So that's really what it is, hence the title of this episode. So enough on that, let's get straight into it. Before we get into the episode though, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube um, so you get all the updates and so I know that you guys are interacting and so that YouTube knows as well that there's an audience for this content because this I'm trying to grow this um, following as much as possible because we need more of this stuff in society you know so please share as much as you can like comment what you like about this if you're on YouTube and even if you're on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts whatever podcast platform you're listening to on if you have the ability to do so on your platform leave a review on Spotify I'm dropping questionnaires I'm dropping questions and polls so interact on spotify with those as well um, and of course follow us on instagram at mental roots pod um, so that's instagram and twitter it's the same tag mental roots pod um, you can follow us there for everything mental roots um, but yeah again long intro um, and i've just realized i haven't clicked record on my microphone oh man so yeah, if you're going to hear this, that's why the audio quality is pretty enough um, because I've forgotten to press record on my microphone. So there you go. Um, you live and you learn, right? I'm not re-recording this intro. <laughs> so um, anyway, let's just get into it. Um, part two of my chat with Shocker. Let's go. So anyway, back to my story. Yeah. Remember I told you about not having no adversity. That plays a major part. Mm. I feel like what you go through is for a reason. It actually prepares you for the challenges you're going to have ahead. Whereas mine was the opposite. Mine was I needed to get woken up mm. to snap me onto my path ahead. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because um, so Marvel got signed. We dropped a song called We Know. That song was just 11 years old. And, um, the song came out on 10, 10, 10, yeah? Okay. 10th for the 10th, 2010. Wow. And it was the 10th on Mental Health Day. Yeah, so I remember someone messaged me, one of my old Marvel fans messaged me, like, um, on mental health, World Mental Health Day, saying, yo, it's 11 years today mm-hmm. since that song came out. And I was like, that's crazy. Look at the day that it fell on, like, World Mental Health Day. So it all came around, like, full circle, the way it's meant to. But anyway, yeah, we got dropped from my label. And, like, that was what, the what first time I experienced. 
was on a label called Risky Roads. If you're Risky a grime Roads, fan, geez. which I'm sure you... Okay. So you know Risky Roads, I was just about to say, like... Yeah. Wait, who... It rings so, a bell. I can't remember who... What big artists have been signed to it, but... It rings a bell. No, nah, no, nah, who, who was the first artist to ever get signed to them? Really? Because I'm not... What, what but you probably you know Risky Roads from the... D, you know Risky Roads from the DVD. That's the... That's what I... Yeah. Like, like they had a, like a DVD series for like grime clashes and stuff, and that was risky. Yeah. Yes. That's that's yes. What so there was like Lord, of, there was like Lord of the Mics. There was Risky Roads. There was Aim High. There was all these DVDs. So Risky Roads decided to start a label, and we was the first oh. artist they signed to that label. But they never had no experience in the industry. Right. They never. Oh, I think there's a one second delay. I'm now starting to realize. Yeah, there is there is a delay, man. <laughs> but I've tried to roll. Um, so um, so Risky Roads um signed us to their label. They had no experience in the music industry, and we had no experience in the music industry, which I've learned is a big no-no. Like, make sure if you're gonna sign to any label, they have to have some experience or some yeah. sort of success, or else what are they gonna do with you? So basically. We was like the guinea pigs that they was working out, trying to figure out how to um, do this music thing with. Anyway, our single came out. They panicked because um, the guy that signed us from Risky Roads, he found this investor, this millionaire, billionaire investor. And um, obviously he had the money, but I don't think they felt comfortable. Um, after that, after our single didn't do well, they just got cold feet for some reason. And we ended up getting dropped from the label. That was my first time ever experiencing anything like that i just told you my childhood history mm. it's been win 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 girls winning computer games i wanted winning um new clothes winning mm. being the class clown in school winning being popular and being famous in school winning like everything winning this is the first time that like um i suffered like a loss mm. and it really got to me because at that time music was the only thing i had i didn't go to university Congrats on you getting into university, but I didn't go to, (laughs) I didn't even, I didn't go university. Mm. I got kicked out of six schools. Wow. I got kicked out of um, sixth form twice. Yeah, I got kicked out of like five, six schools. So like, this was what I was banking on. I was literally banking on music to happen. So you can imagine my mindset at the time. I'm thinking, yo, I've I've blown it. And. Can I ask a question um, quickly? Yeah, go on. I've heard there's many like successful black people you know and unfortunately of course uh fatherlessness in black communities is still it's still an issue um in many ways but um i've that we hear a lot of sayings like yo music raised me you know music was my dad or whatever do you kind of feel you had that kind of leniency on music like let's let's talk about kind of your dad for a second, you know, up until this moment. Um, what mm-hmm. what was your relationship with your dad like? And looking back, how would you say his absence impacted, you know, all the tr- trouble you're going through in school and your reliance on music? Like, wh- how do you make sense of that? That's, that's, I'm so happy you brought that. I'm happy you brought that up. That's a great point because he was non-existent. He was non-existent because um, he got deported when I was younger. So he left at a really young age when I was that six years old. And 
how he could have helped me is he could have toughened me up. Even if life didn't give me adversity to go through yet, he could have given me certain stuff to prepare me. I was soft. Like, Naif, I don't think you understand. I was a soft you. And like this life that we're in, I mean, you can be soft on the outside, but inside you, bro, you got to have heart and you got to be tough because life doesn't care if you're soft. It's going to hit you hard. And I felt like my dad could have prepared me for certain stuff. And I'm, I'm seeing the pros of being raised by a woman now because in my music, I've got the emotional intelligence and I can connect. I can make songs like Single Mother and songs like Self Love and yeah, yeah. stuff like Impact Over Numbers because of my mum's side. But you need the balance. I'm, see, I'm, I'm now starting to learn how important it is to have your mum and your dad. My dad was meant to show me how to be a man. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm a man's man yet. I don't look in the mirror and see a man. Do you know what I mean? Wow, like, that's deep. I don't, I don't, yeah, that's, yeah, that's being really honest. And I've mentioned this a few times. I don't look in the mirror and see a man's man. I don't wow. feel like I'm a man yet. Wow. Yeah, and I don't feel like, yeah, and, and my mom can't teach me how to be that. She's physically not a man. Yeah. I mean, as much as she can do whatever she wants to do, she's physically not a man. Yeah. Like, the conversations me and you are having, like, I can talk, like, you're a man. I'm looking at your face. You've got the jaw structure of a man. Like, you we can connect on that level. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's important. Like, my dad was meant to, most of, the, most of the lessons that I learned from music should have came from my dad first. Your parents are your first teachers. Mm. And if your parents ain't your first teachers, then the world's going to have to teach you. Yeah. And if you fall into the wrong hands of the people in the world, then you're, you're, getting, you're getting miseducated. So... True. Very, I mean, very, and I got mis I got miseducated. I got miseducated for the first for the first 26 years of my life. Whew. It's only now I'm starting to correct and it's only now I'm starting to correct and educate myself the right way. And that I shouldn't have to reprogram myself. Mm. It's it's not easy to do that. Mm. <laughs> Especially when you've experienced so much life, right? And you're yes, exactly. well in, you know, you know, you're well into your not to say you're old, bro, but like you're you're definitely in your adult years and it's like you've already mm -hmm. formed in many ways a concrete foundation to who you are and it's almost yes. like the way i imagine exactly. it, it's like you've built this whole house which is your identity right and now you have to mm -hmm. chip away at the foundation on which that house has been built and that's hard because yeah obviously when you got section the way I imagine it is like that house had to be torn down. It got shattered. My whole identity got shattered. Got shattered. And you had to redo the because, But I see why it got yeah. Thank you. I see why it got shattered. Because God was basically saying to me, like, this is going to hurt you, son. This is going to hurt what I'm about to do. But like, I can't let you continue with the, um, the house you built. It needs to get shattered. You've got to start again or else you're going to face this later down the line. Imagine me getting section now in my 30s. Like... Mm. That's even detrimental. How, how do you know if I'll even recover then? I think the only thing that helped me recover when I was younger is because I had that, like, that youth energy, that fight to want to, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. most people in their 30s, 40s, they give up when they go through stuff like that. They just think, fuck it. Like, yeah, they give up. So everything happened how it was meant to happen. Yeah. So let's, let's delve deeper into that story. Obviously, there's many podcasts where you've told the story in detail, but um, if you don't mind, again, just... Tell us exactly, were there any specific, what specific triggering moment, like, got you into, 
because when we say mental health breakdown that sounds very vague right but let's looking back you know what was the specific issue you know was it anxiety was it like can you like put a bit more detail to it and how how that happened so i got i got the first time i got section i got diagnosed with manic depression manic depression mm. so manic depression is when like you're like manic the word manic do you know what i mean you're like animated you're uncontrollable and how it and and how it's how it spawned into manic depression is because um i kept everything in you see like now i'm really expressive and i'm always talking and i wish i had instagram those times do you know what i mean like you see like now well, whenever you, you see like now whenever <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I think it would have helped because like mm. um you see like now whenever I've got a thought or an idea you see a freestyle from me you go on my page and you see me in my room and I just put a freestyle together and I get it out of my system the best yeah. way I can at that time there was no way to express myself most of the people that have breakdowns is because they can't express how you express yourself is um, completely up to you, but do it in a positive way. That manic depression, that's an expression. Do you know what I mean, when someone's manic and that's, that's an expression, I, I express myself, but just not in a civilized way. Like I express myself in a manner that's going to get me sent into, um, that's going to get me um, put into a mental health hospital. Mm. When you see me on stage doing a TED talk, I'm still expressing myself, but I'm expressing myself in a more controlled way. So like that moment that I came home that night and I was screaming and shouting is because it all led up to that moment. Everything I was going through from the deal, even when we got dropped from the deal, I didn't express it. Mm. I don't remember having a conversation about how I felt. Do you know what I mean? About the fact we're not in a deal. We just carried on like nothing happened. When did you get dropped, was it? As you can imagine. Was it 2008, 2009? We got dropped in 2010. 2010, okay. We got dropped in 2010. Mm. End of 2010, going into 2011. Okay. And I got sectioned the year after. Oh, right, okay. So, like, that whole year, we, we that whole year we continued and, you know, carried on and tried to carry on, like, mm. um, nothing has happened. But there's still unresolved traumas. Mm. And now I've learned I don't do that anymore. If something's bothering me, I tackle it straight away. Mm. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Before we continue, um, I just want to share with you something very briefly, something that's really been helping me um, with my concentration and productivity with all the work I've been doing, finishing uni, uh, finishing the first two Mental Roots short films, which I can't wait to share with you. All of that stuff in addition to the podcast needs some high level concentration and motivation, especially during a pandemic. So if you're a busy guy like me, you've got loads of things going on and you want something that can boost your productivity, I highly recommend some um, natural caffeine um, energy um, shots that I've been using, which you can mix with tea or water or whatever you want. Um, It's got a nice rich raspberry flavor packed with vitamins and uh, really good natural caffeine, which doesn't give you the crash and high calories like a lot of high caffeine drinks that are commercially sold. So if you want to order those shots for yourself and see how they can help you, then check out the link um, uh, in the written description for this episode on whatever platform you're watching on, watching or listening on. 
Um, and if you want to let me know personally how they help you when you do order them and try them for yourself, then message me at my personal Instagram page, which is at Nath underscore a day. So if you're watching on YouTube, it is right here on the screen. You can see it for yourself. Um, but if you're just listening on a podcast platform, it is at N-A-T-H underscore A-double-D-A-I. Uh, message me there to find out about more about that product and any other products that I've been using because I've been using other products as well, um, as well as different workout techniques and things to help improve my physical health, which in turn improves my mental health. So thanks for listening. Let's get back into the episode. Enjoy. To like, I can't afford to let it foster and grow and grow. I deal with it straight away. I'm talking about the littlest things. I can be scrolling on Instagram and see my mood shift and I'll stop and be like, what did I just see? Mm. And I'll scroll back up and I'll be like, okay, I saw this thing triggered me a bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'll deal with it and move on. So um, at that time, you can imagine I had so much stuff bottled up. And I remember I went to my friend's house. I went to my friend's house to show him some stuff I've been watching on the internet. There's a few things that triggered my breakdown. Um, not only, I, said, I mentioned this the other day as well, not only was I depressed at the time, but I was also awakening spiritually. It was at the time okay. where like a lot of information about life was coming, was coming into my reality. I met this girl at the time and she was like older than me. We're still in contact now. She's like one of my best friends mm. and she was giving me books to read. I don't know what she saw in me. I can see what she saw in me now, mm. but she was giving me like mad books to read. And I realized what happened the books was too much for me to comprehend at the time mm. because I wasn't eased. Like, right, let me put it like this. Now I understand why it's important to have a school teacher because a mm. school teacher is going to teach you the proper way to learn how you're learning. Imagine you went to school and they gave you the textbooks and told you to go home and learn. You mm. probably can, but there's a, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I give you a maths, if I give you a maths equation now, there's a certain way you're going to solve it because your teacher gave you a formula mm -hmm. on how to solve the maths equation. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas like, imagine trying to learn maths with no teacher to give you that formula. So you just went home with this book mm. and now like you're going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. I was overwhelmed by like the information I was learning at the time, yeah. which now in 2021, I've realized everything I was learning then is just normal information. Mm. I've got a TikTok account, yeah, and I follow some accounts, yeah, and they're talking about everything that I was learning back then. Wow. It's like, we're in the information age, do you know what I mean? And, and I'm like, where was you guys in 2011? You would have saved me so much anxiety and heartbreak. Mm. I thought I was losing my mind. Well, I was losing my mind, literally shedding my <laughs> mind to um, have it. That's what was happening. Mm. I was shedding my mind to um, birth a new mind. And whenever you shed your mind, it's, like un it's an uncomfortable process. I remember um, The Matrix, I always mention The Matrix, the first one, that's my favorite film. Mm. I heard there's a new Matrix, but I'm not too bothered. It's the first one, that's the classic. I don't think it gets better than that. Yeah, and yeah. there's a scene where Neo opens, there's a scene where Neo opens his eyes and says, my eyes are hurting me. And Morpheus says, they're hurting you because you've never used them before. And this is after he's been living for like, what? Neo was like a grown man when he met Morpheus. Do you know what I mean? Morpheus is like, they're hurting you because you've never used them before. And that's how I felt. I felt like um, the first two times I got, the first two times I got sectioned 
the reason why I relapsed both of those times is because I was trying to get used to using my eyes for the first time, to seeing the world for what it is for the first time. And that's a scary experience. Mm. So let's go, let's go back to the first time. Um, so what, because obviously at this time you weren't surrounded by anyone, or it sounds like you weren't surrounded by anyone who was aware of mental health issues, right? It seemed, so I guess how... I was surrounded you... by, yeah, yeah, that's the best way to put it. I mm. was surrounded by people, but they just, there wasn't people I, could, I felt comfortable to talk to. Right, okay. So... It's not like, like how... now, like I can, we're, you know, like now how I can talk to you. We're actually having a conversation. This is, this is, this is therapy. This is what they do in therapy. Mm. They go through every stage of your life and make you break it down. I never had that at that time. I was surrounded mm. by friends, but we wasn't talking about this. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what was the specific moment that got you sectioned? Because I, I think that's important to know because um, I feel like there's obviously a long way. Because obviously with the mental World Mental Health Day we've just had, the specific theme for it was mental health in an unequal world, right? And there's all sorts of very interesting stats um, I was starting to read an article on it from The Independent today. Um, I think it was black people are four times more likely. I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was section yeah. or something like that. But um, I think it's very interesting mm -hmm. how black people get sectioned. What are the events? What are the things that get them sectioned? And what? how does that compare to how most white people get sectioned? So... That's just kind of what I was thinking about. So I thought it would be important just to get, like, what was the specific event that happened where someone I think, called I think everyone gets... Everyone gets sections for different reasons, though, which I'm learning. Because you can imagine, I was in there with, like, all sorts of patients. Mm. And everyone gets sectioned for different reasons. Some yeah. people get sectioned because... They're so stressed at work. Yeah. Um, I can you, sorry, can you could define... His wife... Took, his wife Sorry, I was just going to say, can you define what sectioned means just for all the listeners so that they get a clear idea of it? Okay, section is when your mental health is not in the best place and you have to get put into a mental health hospital to recover. Mm. And there's different, there's, different, um, there's different times you can stay in the hospital for. I think the average time is 28 days. And then I don't know what happens to get it extended any longer than that. I stayed for 28 days. That was the maximum I could stay. Okay. And, and luckily I got I got better in the 28 days. So I managed to get out. Okay. I think that's the maximum they can hold you for is like 28 days. And then if okay. you stay for longer, I don't know how it works. But mm. um, yeah, that's the, yeah. So how did you get taken to, was it at a hospital where you got section? Or? So I... So basically, I came home, mm -hmm. and um, I was. I wish my mom could tell me what I was saying. I came home and wow. like I was like talking and saying all this stuff. And I remember um, being in my mom's arms at one point, crying in my mom's arms, and she was patting me down. So and would then, you say this was you like the moment where you had all this pain inside you with you know? getting dropped yes. from the deal, having a sense of hopelessness. And it in one moment, it just all came out. Yes, it all exploded mm. and it all came out. And mm. then um, 
yeah, I remember being in my mum's arms at one point. Mm. And then um, I remember my uncle, I always say this, my, I had an uncle that was staying with us mm. and he's a doctor in Nigeria. So uh. he's come downstairs and he's told my mum, we need to uh-huh. call that ambulance. Right. He's having a breakdown. I don't right. know the language of breakdown. I'm, I'm, I don't know what break, I don't know what's going on. I, this is for, this is foreign to me. Mm. And my mom's, uh, he told my mom, call the ambulance. He's having a breakdown. I know what's going on here. So. No, I'm glad to, you mentioned to... that. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think one thing you can agree with me on is that the need for education in black communities, like the importance that, you know, your, would you say your uncle, right? Yeah, my uncle. Yeah, your uncle who had a medical background, he was able to put words mm-hmm. to what was happening. You know, this is this is not yeah. a police incident. This is not a, um, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, he was able to forward you to the right. Yeah. And I think it's important yeah. to mention that because we need, this is for the audience, all the listeners right now, especially the young black listeners, I love what I'm seeing these days. I'm seeing more and more young black people getting into psychotherapy, getting into um, medical practices, right? Because we need role models in these mm-hmm. fields to bridge the gap, the cultural gap, and give information to our communities. So that's why I'll keep shouting out, you know, organizations yeah. like Inside Out, which you're, you've been connected with, and solutions, yeah. and all sorts of great, mm-hmm. you know, organizations we have in the UK. Focused on bringing mental health education um, to black people and encourage and empower mm-hmm. young people to get into medical and therapy practices as well. So it's like, yeah, man, it's yeah, that, that's it's a, it's so great that we're having more of that now. My whole my um, I'm happy you said that. Information is the key. My yeah. past ten years since being sectioned those three times has been about gaining information to learn what happened there was a period where i couldn't even articulate what happened Mm. it's only now when i'm going back and i'm going back and i'm trying to piece together what happened it's it wasn't even as clear do you know what i mean it's only now that i'm 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 seeing other people's experiences and i'm and i'm seeing like pages like inside out and I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, that was that. And this is this. And that is that. So I mean, they all helped me put the words to it because this is new. This is Mm. like what we're doing now. This is actually new. And everything we're doing now, we might not benefit from it, but it's going to benefit a whole generation coming because they're going to be able to look back and have the blueprint to um, how to um, deal with what they're going through. Yeah. This, this blueprint didn't exist before. Like my, my friends, my friend, double S who's in the group with me, Mm -hmm. he said it to me on a, on a, um, on a voice note yesterday, he was like, Sean, mm. what you're doing in music at the moment is the first of its kind. There's mm. no blueprint for you. There hasn't been a rapper globally mm. that's been sectioned three times and recovered and come to make music. Mm. Yes, there's been people that's been sectioned. He's like, yes, there's been people that's been sectioned, but have they come to make music on your level? Or have they, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so you're a voice for them. They're looking at you thinking, wow, like this is, it's brand new. I'm in brand new territories, bro. I've got no examples. So like, I'm oh. literally learning as I go on. Like I have, I have no one to pull from. 
Like, there's no one I can look at and be like, oh, okay, that's what Kendrick did after he got sectioned. That's mm. how he got his record deal. And, oh, mm. bruv, when I came out from hospital and I remember the first management I tried to get a management contract with, um, the girl that tried to get it for me was telling me that he was worried to take me on because he thought the industry won't be able to um, sign me because of my diagnosis. They might be worried that you're going to have a relapse again if there's any sort mm. of pressure. So they're worried if if you ever get a deal because it's always going to be that question of like, what's good? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So bro, because it's happened three times. So they're going to be like, Oh, can we trust you? Exactly. Exactly. So like what I'm doing is, is, it's unheard of Nate. Like it's, it's it's brand new to me, bro. Mm. That's mad. That example needs to be led. Yeah. That example needs to be led because what if there's another you at home that has gone through mental health and wants to pursue music, but thinks, nah, I can't do it because I mean, I don't know if there's a room for me in there, if it's going to work. So mm. someone has to pave that way. Yeah. And that's that's a whole other topic in itself in terms of, you know, being, just being a pioneer in general is scary. But if you add on top it's, of that, it's, the frightening. Race, it's frightening. Like everyone can relate to that regardless of race and background. But I think, again, add on top of that, being a black man as well in... Um, yeah, a predominantly white setting. Even mm-hmm. when it's like, at least if you are a white person, not not to, you know, stereotype white people, but like, obviously, if you were white, there would at least be a bit more support for you in terms of like, there would be a cultural understanding. Like, if you are trying to, if yeah, you know, like lay. Because let's let's face it, you know, when we look at labels and when we look at these bigger kind of corporations, they are white owned. There there is yeah. some form of institutional racism behind it as well. So not only are you a man mm-hmm. trying to navigate mental health, which in of itself is enough mm-hmm. of a you know a struggle, but then on top of mm-hmm. that, you've had three episodes, right? And then on top of that, mm-hmm. you're yeah. black, right? There's already this correlation that many people will make that, oh, you know, this is angry black man, you know, volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I assume mm-hmm. he came from a broken family. Like we, we, we don't have the compassion or the cultural understanding to be patient with this person and give this person a chance, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like you've mm-hmm. you've really been through a lot, and I feel like a lot of black guys like us can relate to, in some way, shape, or form, having to be the first person to do something, having to be the person to speak up yeah. about X, Y, Z, and it's tiring, bro. Like that's one of the main reasons I made this podcast. It's tough. Even for me, even for me, as someone who's had a very great upbringing. Um, I've had many great opportunities to be part of clubs and awards and different things. Even for me, in the space that I'm at, because I'm an animator, I'm an artist, I like to use pictures and mm-hmm. film to tell stories, right? Literally, this past year, I was doing a master's, and I've, I think I've talked about this in other episodes as well. But, like, in the animation industry, it's a very... The animation industry already is quite small, and quite niche and then so you can imagine Mm -hmm. just how 
how much of a lack there is in black representation. Um, yeah. Especially in senior mm -hmm. roles of people who are directing mm -hmm. things. You know, it's one thing to work in an industry. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to influence that industry. And there's not a lot of tools yes, in education exactly. yes. to help black people, you know, lead in these industries so that we're in charge. Not only are mm -hmm. we telling our own stories, because we've all, always been telling our own stories, but how much ownership do we have mm -hmm. of those stories? And how, yeah, mm -hmm. how much ownership do we have of the fruits of those stories, you know, in terms of earning money, mm -hmm. managing, you know, residual mm -hmm. wealth. Exactly. So we an inheritance for our families. You know, we're owning our own royalties, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So like, even yep. for me, like, I feel that pressure of, oh, I have to bake new ground. But I think this is where yeah. a lot of black men can fold because oppression makes you fold. Either you allow it to build you or you fold under pressure and, you know, yeah. society continues to see you as the ang angry black man. Okay, so that is the end of part two of my chat with Kenneth, a.k.a. Hey. AKA, AKA, um, shocker. And yeah, again, you know, another powerful discussion. Just unpacking, navigating hardship as a black man and, you know, emerging from that hardship either as a victim or someone who innovates and pioneers and becomes a role model for others. So hopefully that inspires the any of you who are watching or listening to this regardless of your race regardless of your ethnicity if you feel marginalized in any way or you feel like an underdog in any way you're not alone there are other people trying to in, in who are coming from a similar background to you who are also trying to innovate and this which means you know there's so much power in platforms like this you know where we keep it real with one another man you know so shout out again to to kenneth for just dropping by and sharing what he shared you know in october when we had that interview um follow him please at shocker underscore artist on either instagram or twitter um he is doing great work whether it's um you know the shocker sundays series that he's been doing the past few weeks i don't know if there's more of those to come but you can check out all these little freestyles and stuff that he's doing about very niche topics whether it's um you know male role models or whether it's how we treat our women or even his prayer life he talks about his struggle with praying to god and different things so if you really like music that is relatable and you're kind of sick of the typical bravado that we hear in rap music a lot of the time and you want something fresh something different check out his music man i can't emphasize that enough um his new album is in the works I, I didn't talk about it in this part of our conversation but um either in part three which comes out next week or part four i'm not sure yet you're gonna have to listen to find out um i talk a little bit more about how i've been creatively collaborating with shocker that's all i'm gonna say for now i've we've, we've been working on some stuff together so um, if you want to know more about that, stay tuned for episode three and episode four in the next two weeks. Um, not episode, sorry, part three and part four of our chat um, coming out in the next two weeks, two weeks as well. Um, but as always, share, share this podcast because 
speaking of not feeling alone as a black guy you know i want to know that other young black men are resonating with what i'm saying you know i don't want to just be talking into thin air so let me know you guys are out there by commenting on youtube or if you're on apple podcasts leave a review let me know what you like about the podcast and even anything you'd want to be improved um and obviously on instagram and twitter at mental roots pod contact us there as well let us know what you like about this podcast how you resonate with anything that's been said um and where you want to see us move forward in the future if you want to contribute to this podcast in any way um please 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 let us know whether it's volunteering if you're a young person who's passionate about media you want to fill your cv with more experience in either doing video editing or even co-hosting or audio editing or doing social media management or even doing um blog management because i'm thinking of taking all the episodes and putting them into article form um for and have a blog a mental roots blog or you want to help build the mental roots website because i also want to build a website for the mental roots brand where there's information on the podcast and the series of animations that we're doing as well so if you want to help the mental roots brand in any way you know where to message us either on instagram or twitter at mental roots pod or um you can email us at mental roots pod at gmail.com um and so that's all that information out of the way stay safe take care of yourselves and we'll see you in the next one don't forget like comment subscribe follow on all platforms share and god bless you all peace